Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Thank you so very much for visiting my sleep consultation once more here in this lovely advanced institution that is the Autonomous Sleep Medical Resource, ASMR for short. I am the very inexperienced but supremely well-intentioned Dr. Crinkles. Let's talk about sleep. I don't know much about you, but we are going to understand how to treat some very serious sleep disorders and issues. And I'm confident that by the end of our, um, you know, brief or medium size, long consultation, depending on your perspective, I'm sure we'll have addressed and discussed at least one of the potential sleep issues that seem to be uh, causing such an adverse effect on your daily uh, schedule. And of course the idea is that by the end of it you are snoozing. That's why you visit the ASMR clinic. So that's a win for me, that's a win for you. So let's get started. Let's see. Let's see where we start. So let's start here. Some very common types of sleep disorders include insomnia, in which you have difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep throughout the night. You, of course, have sleep apnea, in which you experience abnormal patterns in breathing while you are asleep. And there are multiple types of sleep apnea. There is restless leg syndrome, RLS, a type of sleep movement disorder. Restless leg syndrome is also called Willis-Eckborn disease, and it can cause a very uncomfortable sensation and an urge to move the legs while you try to fall asleep. Narcolepsy, condition characterized by extreme sleepiness during the day and uh, falling asleep suddenly during um, the day. So let's first start off with insomnia. Insomnia treatment can include cognitive behavioral therapy instead of sleeping pills. You know, this is a fairly common disorder and effective treatment can be crucial to getting the sleep you need. Um, for example, over the Mayo Clinic, you know, they kind of have this bit about insomnia where, uh, they typically use cognitive behavioral therapy, sometimes called CBT-I, the I, of course, standing for insomnia. This is an effective treatment for chronic sleep problems and is usually recommended at the first line of treatment or as the first line. Essentially, this would entail um, a structured program that helps you identify and replace thoughts and behaviors that cause or worsen sleep. Um, and we want to replace that with habits and patterns that promote, that promote sound sleep. So unlike sleeping pills, CBT-I helps you overcome the underlying causes of your sleep problems. For me personally, like I said, perhaps I don't have too many years of experience under my belt, but I think CBT-I is an excellent 
resource for insomnia because ultimately we want to attack and we want to try to reverse or completely eliminate the underlying foundation for why your sleep is um, really poor or your lack thereof. The cognitive part of CBT teaches you to recognize and change beliefs that affect your ability to sleep. This type of therapy can help you control or eliminate negative thoughts and worries that keep you awake. The behavioral part, moving on from the cognitive part, helps you develop good sleep habits and avoid behaviors that keep you from sleeping. So, depending on your needs, um, the sleep therapist that may be recommended to your case, if it's not me, perhaps you require the assistance of a specialist. Um, but there are some common CBTI techniques, including stimulus control therapy. This method helps remove factors that condition your mind to resist sleep. So, for example, you might be coached to set a consistent bedtime and awake time and avoid naps. Use the bed only for sleep and perhaps some personal other activities. But otherwise, you leave the bedroom if you can't go to sleep within 20 minutes. So essentially, let's say we designate that your bed is only for sleep. It's not to browse on your phone. It's not to watch YouTube videos or to, um, you know, watch anime or whatever the case may be. And there's nothing wrong with anything, any one of those patterns, individually speaking. But you really just want to associate your mattress, your bed, with sleep. So the inability to fall asleep quickly means you have to get up, do the things that are on your mind, or just take sort of a break, and then try it again. Another potential method could be sleep restriction. Lying in bed when you're awake can become a habit that leads to poor sleep. This treatment reduces the time you spend in bed, causing partial sleep deprivation, which makes you more tired the next night. Once your sleep has improved, the time in bed is gradually increased. Another potential method, um, not discussed often enough in my opinion, is sleep hygiene. This method of therapy involves changing basic lifestyle habits that influence sleep. Smoking, drinking, too much caffeine late in the day, eating right before bed. It's actually quite alarming in my opinion and in my practice to see how, you know, individuals really don't, patients I should say, patients don't often, they, they sometimes I think overthink their sleep issues. In reality, it's just a matter sometimes of the small things. Don't eat a couple hours before bed. Try to avoid exposure to TV. Avoid caffeine, etc. Another method could be relaxation training. This method helps you calm your mind and body. And the approaches include meditation, imagery, muscle relaxation, and um, others. 
uh, perhaps an interventional way would be what we call biofeedback. Biofeedback. This method allows you to observe biological signs such as heart rate and muscle tension. And we would show you sort of how to adjust them. So myself or another sleep specialist may have to uh, have you on some sort of device where you can take home and just sort of record your daily patterns for a couple days. And of course, at the other day, given that you are a relatively new patient here, given that you are an individual and our approach here at the ASMR uh, clinic really is about an individualistic approach, we would potentially combine multiple of these treatments for your insomnia. It really does depend. Of course, sleep medications can be an effective short-term treatment. So for example, they can provide immediate relief during a period of high stress or grief. Some newer sleeping medications have been improved for longer use, but they have not, um, they may not be the best for long-term insomnia treatment. That's why in our practice, we try to really avoid um, medication as sort of a solution. We don't view it as a solution. We view it as a short-term tool that can help you. So, in either case, again, we've been discussing insomnia. Um, insomnia, of course, is linked to a number of physical, mental uh, disorders. You know, the ongoing lack of sleep increases your risk of high blood pressure, heart disease, chronic pain, etc. So it really is extremely important that, um, you know, we have treated. So let's move on to, so we were discussing insomnia for a bit. Let's move on to sleep apnea. Perhaps this is what's been afflicting you. The diagnosis. Your doctor may be able to make an evaluation based on your signs and symptoms and sleep history, which you can provide with uh, help from someone who shares your bed or your household. Um, now, it's very likely that you'd be referred to a sleep disorder center, and they're a sleep specialist, which we have a couple of in-house sleep specialists that can help you with this, uh, but it's essentially an overnight evaluation uh, monitoring, you know, your body functions and how often you wake up, etc. You know, the test, um, there are multiple tests, but the chief among them is the nocturnal polysomnograph. During this test, you're hooked up to an equipment that monitors your heart, lung, and brain activity, um, checks your breathing pattern, your arm and leg movements, as well as your blood oxygen levels while you sleep. And we do have some home sleep tests, which might be more simplified. I personally have taken the home sleep tests. In my opinion, much more invasive because you get to enjoy um, being a guinea pig from home as opposed to in a um, clinic. Treatment, of course, can be, you know, very dependent. Um, you know, again, I'm, I'm not even taking a very individualistic approach with you right now, which I apologize. 
But um, for milder cases of sleep apnea, you know, we might recommend something as simple as lifestyle changes. It could be losing weight, quitting smoking. Um, that can have a very profound effect. If these measures don't improve your signs and symptoms, or if your apnea is moderate to severe, um, there could be a number of treatments that we might be able to offer you. So therapies include continuous positive airway pressure, a CPAP machine. These are those interesting little machines that kind of make you look like you're um, a pro athlete. That's <laughs> sort of being given oxygen after an extremely grueling uh, day at the office. You know, sort of like what cyclists I think sometimes use. Uh, certainly if you have moderate to severe sleep apnea, you might benefit from using uh, a CPAP machine, which essentially just delivers air pressure through a mask while you sleep. The air pressure is somewhat greater than that of the surrounding air, and it's just enough to keep your upper airway passages open, preventing apnea and snoring. Although CPAP is the most common and reliable method of treating sleep apnea, some people find it cumbersome or uncomfortable, and I've had several patients of mine that simply cannot adjust the machine. What I always recommend is trying to uh, just give it a bit of time. Might take a week, might take two, but uh, truly once you start to become more comfortable with it, you'll see very quickly how in reality it can be an extremely fantastic tool. You might need to try more than one type of mask to find the one that's comfortable, but um, I would I wouldn't I would seriously consider the CPAP machine as a um, kind of best option in many ways. Now there are other airway pressure devices. Of course, there's a BPAP, um, a bi-level positive airway pressure machine. These provide more pressure when you inhale and less when you exhale. And there are some oral appliances as well. Now, surgery is an option, but that's usually only an option after other treatments have completely failed. Generally, at least a three-month trial of other treatments is suggested before considering surgery. However, for a small number of people with certain jaw structure problems, sometimes is almost included as a first option and the you know surgical options could include some sort of uh, tissue removal um, from the rear of your mouth um, you know tonsils can be removed that kind of thing um, but in general it's one of those things that um, again typically I you know we try to recommend the CPAP machine that seems to be what works uh, best. Obviously, we try to avoid these extremely invasive options, which for the time being, you know, we'll, we'll sort of skip the other surgical options only because, again, it's really um, extremely, extremely invasive and quite rare that we need to. But again, let's go back to some simple tips perhaps lose excess weight. Even a slight weight loss might help relieve constriction of your throat. In some cases, sleep apnea can actually resolve if you return to a healthy weight. 
but it can recur if you regain the weight. Exercise. Regular exercise can help ease the symptoms of obstructive sleep apnea, even without weight loss, interestingly enough. So, if you can get about 30 minutes of moderate activity, like a brisk walk, um, most days of the week that could have a huge impact. Avoid alcohol, certain medications such as tranquilizers and those sleeping pills that we mentioned when discussing apnea. You know, these can relax the muscles in the back of your throat, interfering with your breathing. I would also perhaps recommend sleeping on your side or abdomen rather than on your back. Sleeping on your back can cause your tongue and soft uh, palate to rest against uh, the back of your throat and block your airway. So let's move on. So that so we've discussed some insomnia. You know what is insomnia? Some treatments. Now we were on to sleep apnea. Focus mostly on potential treatments, what's available, and um, we'll move on to restless leg syndrome now. And of course, you know the point of this diatribe, this monologue that I've been going on in reality is um, to distract you from whatever may be ailing you and hopefully get you into a mood where you're starting to fall asleep. In other words, I'm pretty much hoping that by boring you with this information, whatever other sleep ailment you might have mysteriously disappears for the night. Just for the, just for the night. Alright. RLS. A diagnosis of RLS is based on the following criteria. This was established by the International Restless, Restless Leg Syndrome Study Group. One. You have a strong, often often irresistible urge to move your legs, usually accompanied by uncomfortable sensations. 2. Your symptoms start or get worse when you're resting, such as sitting or lying down. 3. Your symptoms are partially or temporarily relieved by activity such as walking or stretching. Four, your symptoms are worse at night. Five, symptoms cannot be explained solely by another medical or behavioral condition. It's possible um, to conduct a physical and neurological exam. Um, blood tests, you know, particularly for iron deficiency, may be ordered to rule out possible uh, other causes for your condition. But, you know, once you get the diagnosis of RLS, there is, you know, some treatment that is available. Sometimes treating an underlying condition such as iron deficiency greatly relieves symptoms of RLS. Correcting an iron deficiency may involve receiving iron supplementation, um, either orally or intravenously. However, take iron supplements only with medical supervision, of course. There are several prescription medications as well, most of which um, were developed to treat other diseases, but also um, can be very effective against RLS. 
medications that increase dopamine in the brain. Um, off the top of my head, I can't remember the name of them, but there are a couple. I think the brand name is Mirapex, Neopro, Requip. You know, those those sort of medications. Um, Short-term side effects are usually mild, um, but they can have you know a very big um, improvement in your restless leg syndrome. Drugs that affect calcium channels, certain medications um, of these sorts can also help. Um, of course, muscle relaxants, sleep medications can also help um, quite a bit. Now, of course, you know, as with everything, and right now we're just discussing, we're having a good time discussing RLS and all these other things. Not a good time, per se. We're more just having a time. You always have to be very careful with any sort of medication, you know, preferably. And this is me speaking as Dr. Crinkles to you. You know, I think a, a dose of exercise with a dose of, um, you know, a little sleep podcast you might have one in mind right now perhaps that's enough to sort of help temporarily some of your things for RLS of course it's a bit of a different story because RLS can be a very uh, debilitating um, disorder you know there are some perhaps perhaps less invasive less medically required less um, medication consumption avenues it could be something as simple as trying baths and massages you know soaking in a warm bath and massaging your legs can help relax your muscles warm or cool packs you know the use of those hot or cold uh, packs alternating them between the two may lessen your limb sensations going back to good sleep hygiene having good sleep hygiene um, could you know, be a, a big help as well. Exercise, of course, getting moderate, regular exercise may relieve symptoms of RLS, but of course, overdoing it uh, may intensify. And lastly, you might want to consider using a foot wrap. A foot wrap usually, um, in this case, is specifically designed for individuals with RLS, and it actually puts pressure under your foot which may relieve uh, your symptoms. So, sorry, I'm just sort of scrolling down here to my notes because these are maybe some next steps that, um, since we're so early in our consultation, I don't think we need to really discuss just yet. Okay, and we finalized with narcolepsy, the diagnosis. Um, your doctor may make a preliminary diagnosis of narcolepsy based on your excessive daytime sleepiness and sudden loss of muscle tone. After initial diagnosis, your doctor may refer you to a specialist, perhaps here at the Amsterdam Clinic, for further evaluation. Formal diagnosis requires staying overnight at a sleep center for an in-depth sleep analysis by a sleep specialist. You know, there's some methods for diagnosing narcolepsy. It can include your sleep history, 
you know, your sleep records, especially if you keep a detailed diary of, you know, some of your sleep ailments, it may be easier to um, be able to diagnose it. Polysomnograph, you know, the test that measures a variety of signals during sleep using electrodes placed on the scalp. Um, and of course, again, for this one, you'd have to spend the night at a facility. With regard to treatment, there is no specific cure for narcolepsy, but medications and lifestyle modifications can help manage symptoms. Um, there are certain stimulants that can help with um, narcolepsy. SSRIs can also be a potential um, option. Sodium oxybate as well. Um, again, very wary of using that as the first line of options. Um, certainly, you probably want to avoid these over-the-counter allergy and cold medications that can cause drowsiness. Certainly, if you have narcolepsy, that could um, worsen the condition. So it's likely your doctor would um, ask you to avoid taking these medications. Emerging treatments being investigated for narcolepsy include drugs acting on the histamine chemical system. Um, but, of course, further research is needed before any may be available at um, a clinic. Now, there are some lifestyle home remedies, and this can be some important lifestyle modifications that can curb the symptoms of narcolepsy. So, for example, you can stick to a schedule. You go to sleep and wake up at the same time every day, including weekends. Taking short scheduled naps could also be incredibly useful. Just naps of 20 minutes at strategic times of the day can end up um, really reducing the sleepiness, you know, by quite a bit. Certainly you want to avoid nicotine and alcohol. Using these substances, especially at night, can worsen your signs and symptoms. As with every single other sleep issue or disorder, uh, regular exercise, you know, moderate regular exercise, at least four to five hours before bedtime, may help you feel more awake during the day and better sleep at night. So, you know, it certainly doesn't have to be a gloomy outlook. Now... I think where we're going to finish this particular consultation is for me to, um, of course, let you know. Again, my name is Dr. Crinkles. None of this um, is um, medical advice. This is simply me just giving you some information about perhaps a sleep ailment that's bothering you right now. But really the, the core focus of this consultation is actually to bore you, to make you so tired of almost hearing my voice that you just kind of fall asleep so hopefully it worked hopefully you're not even listening to that disclaimer at the end but again just be clear because I don't need anyone showing up to my little ASMR clinic and um, you know claiming I'm giving them medical advice this is not a constitute medical advice this is all for good fun and good sleep any questions, comments, you can always reach me at hello with sleep and relax, ASMR.com. That's all for this episode. Thanks as always for listening. 
and take care.